Welcome to the New Man Podcast, a show for brave men to experience freedom in their faith, sexuality, and relationships. The goal? To provide practical tools and timeless principles that help you become the man you were made to be. And now, your host, Sathya Sam. What's up, everybody? It's Sathya Sam here, and welcome to the New Man Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening. It is such a delight. It is a delight to be the only weekday podcast in the porn addiction recovery space. And that might sound like a bit of a funny thing. You're like, well, how many people are really doing this work? Guys, you would be surprised. There are so many people that are tackling the subjects of sexuality, porn addiction, uh, sex addiction, and the like. It's it's really fascinating. I guess it's just a taboo subject, so sometimes we don't really hear about it. But believe me, the organizations are out there. And I just had somebody message me yesterday, somebody I haven't heard from in years, um, saying, hey, you know, I'm, I'm about to start my own ministry, my own, uh, I don't even know what it is actually, if it's a business or a practice or what, but they, they are starting a, a new venture to help guys get free of porn addiction and they just wanted some some tips and advice on starting up, which uh, which was fun. Um, and it, it just, I mean, these conversations actually happen every couple months now where I hear about somebody new starting something up and they want some advice on how to get started. So there are lots out there, but the New Man Podcast is the only weekday podcast in this porn addiction recovery space. And I mean that, that, that is the absolute truth. You can do your research you'll find out it's for real. Anyway, I digress. Today, we are talking about why finding your tribe is a myth. Oh my goodness, Sathya, how dare you? How dare you try to tip a sacred cow of our tribes, man? That's like, I mean, these are like all the buzzwords, all the lingo, all the rage in this day and age is finding your tribe. You know, like I've heard people cry. I've literally heard people break down crying because they just don't have their tribe. And I'll be completely honest, I think the sentiment and the whole concept around finding your tribe is legitimate, but I do think that there are a lot of myths associated with it, and I'm just so tired of it. So I, I want to break some of these myths. And, you know, I mean, I really work hard to make sure this podcast is not Sathya just getting on his soapbox, you know, having a nice little rant, stopping the recording and posting it online, you know, and just seeing what happens. I just think so many people do that and it is it is diluting society at large and it is certainly diluting the podcast space. So I'm not about that. I promise this will not be ranty. The reason I'm talking about this subject today is because in the addiction recovery space, you you just you do not have any successful solutions without others. There have to be other people involved. Nobody gets through this thing alone. And so it's really important that you have a value for groups and for people and and for the social aspect of recovery and of just an overall good quality of life. But uh, this whole finding your tribe thing is getting a little bit blown out of proportion. And that's why I'm kind of on a mission today to just uh, talk a little bit about it. So let me just explain what the concept is or what the phrase means in case maybe you've never heard this before. You're like, Sathya, you're ranting about something I don't even care about. Well, you're going to care about this when I'm done. All right. So just just tune in and let me explain to you what this thing is and why it's a problem. So um, 
before finding your tribe was a thing, the rage was community. It was all about community. You got to get community. You just have to be in good community. That's kind of what people were talking about. And this was like way beyond the addiction recovery space. This was just like pastors and, um, and you know, businessmen. And everyone's talking about how you got to be surrounded by other people who are like-minded, but going to challenge you and stretch you. And you need community. You need community. So it was all about, uh, you know, community, community. And, and it's interesting because I think, Part of that is actually been instigated by the rise of social media, and I just listened to a fo- uh, fascinating, fascinating podcast about the the differences between Gen X, Millennials, and iGen or uh, Gen Z, and uh, Gen Z is uh, is very uh, very much they're just they're so different. What they experience is so different. And the, the differences really start to emerge in 2012, which was when uh, smartphones started to become normal, um, as in it wasn't a bonus, it was just a necessity for day-to-day life, the rise in social media, a bunch of things. We're going to do a podcast episode on it probably next week because it was so fascinating. Um, but what it showed is that their social life was just completely decimated by this rise in technology. And that, of course, gives rise to... Other issues like anxiety, um, social lack of social skills, uh, which is linked with you know Asperger, uh, pardon me, autism and and other things like that. Um, and anyway, it, it's interesting that maybe uh, in this lack of of social experience or a diminishing of social experience over the last decade, we have then started to teach people and talk more about the value of community because people are not getting it in their regular day to day life. Instead, they are getting the opposite. And so if you don't encourage them to get into community, they don't and they end up isolating themselves. So I kind of understand why this thing started. And I, and I totally agree with the sentiment. Finding your tribe is, is sort of taking the sentiment to another degree. And it's kind of this idea that you were born to run with a certain group of people. And the goal in life is to find this certain group of people. And when you find them, you will feel more alive. You'll feel a stronger sense of belonging, a stronger sense of purpose. And you will be able to go faster and further than you ever could have on your own or with other people who maybe are great, but not your tribe. And therein lies the problem. And, and the bone that I'm going to pick with this whole concept. So l- let me share this. Uh, for, let me give, sorry, one more, just one more piece to set the stage here, which is my own personal story. And this will nicely segue into um, kind of the myth busting I want to do. I have been very fortunate to always have a pretty strong social life. So I have decent social skills. I'm a pretty warm, friendly guy. I, I'm, I'm relatively easy to be around. Um, I don't know, maybe my wife will tell you something different, but I, but no, I'm just joking. Generally speaking, I'm pretty easygoing. I don't have a hard time making friends. And I'm, I'm confident enough that I can pretty much go up to a stranger, introduce myself, strike up a conversation, and, and really enjoy myself. It's not a chore. So that, that's just kind of my nature. Up until I was about 27 years old, social life was never an issue. So never had a hard time making friends and always had some some person, at least one person, if not a group of people 
in my life that I'm getting to know better in the season. So, you know, when it's in high school, it's kind of baked into it, isn't it? It's the people that you're either um, meeting through school, they're your classmates, or, or you play sports with them or do extracurriculars, or it, it's, you know, if you're part of leagues or other things, it, it gets baked into your life. And same in university, it's the people you're studying with or you do extracurriculars with or you meet through friends of friends, like those things all get baked in. When you start working, it's a little bit different, isn't it? Because, um, you know, you're going to befriend your colleagues, but it could just be a professional friendship. It's not necessarily beyond the scope of work. Whether or not that happens just depends on, you know, a myriad of factors. But I think this is where a lot of men uh, can can sort of lose their social life a little bit um, because if we don't make the effort, our social life can vanish very quickly because it's no longer baked into the normal parts of our life. Um, and that's been exacerbated by COVID where we're all at home. And my wife and I have certainly felt that. You know, we were so excited to get married and and start running with other couples. And it, it got slowed down a lot by COVID. And, you know, my wife and I have been married, uh, or we, like COVID has been a majority of our married experience, which is just bizarre to think. We were married for about six months before COVID broke out. And uh, we're about to celebrate two years next month. So, Interesting how that's worked out. But I would say that when I, uh, in my last position where I was working at a church and, um, you know, in a big city with lots of friends, it was the first time I really encountered uh, social difficulties. And so I listened to lots of messages about finding your tribe and the value of community and, you know, the importance of belonging somewhere. And all the while, like, uh, doing some of those things, you know, like, I'm just trying to get involved in volunteering and really committing at work and doing the things, you know, and just still feeling kind of lonely and isolated and and just not totally sure about how to go about it and how to even solve a problem that really I had never faced in my life. So it's really interesting. And and I I come at it through that lens. So while I've had a pretty good social life for the most part, it's been really thwarted um, in the last few years. And I would say the last uh, year specifically has been the resurrection of my social life. And it's been primarily related to my uh, move. So we, we bought a house outside of the big city. We lived in Toronto, which is you know a, a growing city. Um, and I think it had the fastest growth rate in 2020. I might be wrong about that, but it's, if not the fastest, uh, one of them for sure. We moved to a city that's about an hour and a half away. It's the the city where I grew up, and it's it's lovely. You know, a city of 135,000 people, uh, slower pace of life, all that kind of stuff. And my, my social life has just skyrocketed again. And uh, I feel like I'm plugged in. I have good friends around me, good supports. And it's a very different story, a different experience. But I don't think I found my tribe. <laughs> And that's that's where I wanted to go today is I don't think you need to find your tribe. I really don't. I do believe that there are certain groups of people that form and they were meant to be together. They are a, a perfect fit and the way they support each other is is synergistic and could not have been orchestrated on their own. It's, it's somehow kind of God-ordained. I believe in that with all my heart. I believe those stories are 1%. I think they're 1%, maybe even less of the equation. This whole tribe thing, um, 
is really, um, I think, just blown out of proportion, which is a, a, a really, it's the sum, summation of our society, is taking the 1% of stories, of headlines, of situations, blowing them out of proportion, and tricking the, the masses into thinking it's the norm. Anyway, I'm, that was almost soapboxy, so I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. But, um, but finding your tribe, I just think it's, it, it really only applies to maybe the 1%. So I'll give you an example. I, I follow Bethel Church reasonably close. Um, I used to follow them a lot more closely. I, I don't as much anymore, but um, I really respect what they do. And I know that's, that's probably in of itself is controversial, and uh, maybe some of you will unsubscribe just over me saying that alone. Um, but I'm not getting into theology debates right now. Uh, what has really struck me about Bethel, among many things, is that their their three most prominent leaders and teachers are Bill Johnson, Chris Vallotton, and Danny Silk. And these three guys made a covenant to each other many years ago, long before anybody knew who they were. We're talking 25, 30 years ago. They made a covenant with each other um, because they really felt like we're, we're called to run together, we're called to do something special together, um, and they made a covenant. We're, we're going to do it. And covenant means like, it means when things get hard, we're in it. It means that um, if this thing goes to crap, we start something new again together. We're, we're in covenant and we're going to make this work until the covenant breaks, which, um, you know, it, I think the way they had set it up, it was open-ended. There wasn't a, a deadline on it or anything else. So they 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 set up covenant and they, they just start building. And they've obviously built this international significant movement and these guys are actually i mean chris valentin a lot has talked about finding your tribe and uses that as an example but i just don't i think it's an amazing story and i think they've done incredible things and the culture they created is phenomenal and it wouldn't exist without that sort of tribal covenanting friendship that these guys had amongst each other i don't think everybody needs to do that uh, one of my favorite entrepreneurs is a guy named Russell Brunson, and he is the founder of ClickFunnels, which is a software company, but they do so much more than that. They do events, and they really their, their real heart is to educate entrepreneurs to market well, and I think they do an amazing job. And, and Russell is very personable, very down-to-earth, and really transparent, and, and that's why I really like him, because this guy is a multi-multi-multi-millionaire. And yet he is just incredibly humble, very transparent. He talks about the hardships of running a business. And um, I just, I really respect him. And if you listen to the origin story of ClickFunnels, it's very similar. It's He found his tribe. You know, I, I'm again, I'm not against that term, but he really found some guys he could run with. And they built something very, very special together as a result. And, um, and without that tribe, without their kind of um, commitment to one another, there's no way, you know, there's just no way they build what they built. It, it doesn't happen. So I think the problem is you have people who are doing something really special that only the 1% do. And one of the things that they can point it back to is, oh, well, we, we found our tribe. We found our tribe and that's why. So you know what, guys? You need to find your tribe too. And I'm, I'm just very, very guarded against that message. I don't think you need to find your tribe. And I, again, when I look back on, on all the years of a healthy social life where I was really thriving and felt like I belonged and I had a place in society and I could make a meaningful contribution and my relationships and friendships were healthy, I mean, when I reflect back, it's not because I found my tribe. It's just that in that season of life, 
whatever season it is, whether we're talking grade school, high school, university, early career, mid-career, and uh, now I've, I've changed careers here doing deep clean full-time, in all these stages, my my level of social health, my sense of belonging, my sense of purpose, it, it's just related with the quality of relationships with those people of the season. And that, I think, is the difference. See, the, the thing is, this whole uh, finding your tribe message it's always painted in the context of, of long term, you know, like uh, like it's an evergreen thing. It, it doesn't go away. You find your tribe and you run with them. But the truth is, for, for most of us, for the average person, actually, you find your tribe for a season. You find your community for a season. So, you know, the people that I ran with in university, I don't have contact with any of them anymore. Uh, or actually, that's not true. There's, there's one or two of them that I'm in sporadic contact with. But I love those guys so much. And I'm so grateful they were in my life. And I cannot imagine that season without them. They were my tribe in that season. But it's okay. It's okay that we don't keep in touch anymore. And, you know, uh, there's occasion I'll get a text. Hey, I'm back in town. You want to grab a beer or whatever. And that's all fun and games. Um, And it's, it's great. But they're not my tribe. I don't have to pledge myself to them. I think the other thing that that um, this whole finding your tribe thing does is it it creates a lot of dissatisfaction because the 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 finding your tribe thing almost kind of creates this picture of like you're gonna find a group they're gonna make you feel good about yourself they're gonna um, you know teach you how to make a million dollars and they're gonna just totally transform your life and don't settle until you find your tribe. And we, we create this perfectionistic mindset around social life and social well-being when, when the reality is a good social life is the complete opposite. It's messy and it's complicated and it, it's organic. You know, there, there's no orchestrating a healthy social life. I, I hate it when people are like, oh, you need to meet this person. You're going to love this person. Because it's like, well, I might. Like, you might be right. But, but actually, like relationships are not just as easy as somebody saying, oh, you have this in common or you both think this way, you guys are going to get along great. Like good social relationships are organic in nature and maybe not in the way they start. I know there's a lot more uh, systematizing of, you know, meeting people online and that kind of thing, whether it's friends or romantic. But, uh, but the development of a relationship certainly is more organic. It's a natural process. And, um, and I just think that we, we can't, afford to be perfectionist about the people that we befriend. Um, Instead, I think you have to work with the people who are in your life, make the most of those relationships, and and just trust that if they are meant to be long-term, they will be. And there are certain things you you need to do to ensure that they are longer relationships. And understand that some of them are just going to be for the season, and that's okay too. It shouldn't stop you from investing. If anything, it should encourage you to invest all the more, knowing that you have a limited time with these people. You need to get as much out of that relationship as possible, and you need to give even more. And that is what a healthy social life really looks like. So forget finding your tribe. That that is not necessary. What you need to do is evaluate the season of your life and then find the people in your life who are going to help you the most in that season. When I look back on the time of my life where I struggled, I honestly think it's it's two reasons primarily. Number one, I could not name the season. I didn't know the season I was in. I, I was sort of conflicted. It was kind of a, a growing up season where I was really becoming a full-fledged adult, you know, just uh, taking on the responsibilities all on my own. And I didn't know how to name it. It was very transient that way. 
And I think because I couldn't name it, I didn't know what I needed uh, just in general and socially as well. And I, and then I, the other thing was I, I just, I was in an environment that I didn't understand well. You know, living in a metropolis was new for me. I didn't understand how to thrive in that environment. I, I truthfully didn't. And I didn't know how it worked. How do you have a good social life? And I wish I would have got involved in some more clubs or played some sports or, you know, that kind of thing. Um, but I really wound up being quite isolated. And again, it's it's actually part of the reason I started Deep Clean. Not not fully, uh, but I had a bit more time on my hands and that did allow me to start Deep Clean back then. But um, but it wasn't worth it. You know, like I could have started Deep Clean so many other ways. I didn't need a bad social life to do that. Um, and so it's it's the one thing I've learned and it's the one thing my wife and I have learned together. You know, that now that we're married, that's a whole nother dynamic is sharing your social life with another person and finding ways to kind of make it work together and knowing that some of your friends before marriage are not going to be as close of friends um, on the other side. And there'll be some people that you barely had any contact with that suddenly you're best friends with. You know, it just, it varies. But um, but that is really, uh, it's, it's really just about the season. And so um, I think, uh, you know, just to summarize all this a little bit, guys, don't put too much pressure on finding your tribe. Instead, ask yourself, what is the season and what's going to serve it the best? Uh, number two, and I didn't mention this, but I'm just going to throw it in the summary. Pray. Okay, really pray about this. Pray for the things that you long for socially and watch God move. He loves those prayers and he wired us for relationship. It's not like he's looking at us and being like, oh my gosh, why are you so dependent on the other people that I made for you and put in your life? You know, like he wanted it to be this way. So pray and pray that God brings you the people you need, even if you don't know what that is. God knows and he'll bring the right people. And the other thing is, um, and, and this is where it's almost going to sound controversial, but just listen really closely. Assume that you are with these people for the long term, unless otherwise, like unless there's, you know, a, a physical restriction or, or something that makes it really clear this is temporary, just assume that you're going to have these friends for life. Invest in them like you have them until death do you part. And that is going to make a world of difference. And I have talked about this on previous podcasts, but my uh, my closest friends collectively, if you add up the years of friendship that I've had with each and every single one of them, my top five, six friends, it exceeds 80 years. 80. Okay, I'm only 30 years old. I'm sorry, 31. It exceeds 80 years. So I'm a big believer in long-term friends. They're not my tribe. <laughs> They're not my tribe. They're all from different stages of life. Some of them barely know each other. They met at my wedding for the first time. Heard lots about each other, obviously. But they're not my tribe. We're, we're, not, we're not in some sort of club together meeting and, and doing a, a focusing on a common goal or something like that. We, we are scattered. They're, they're all over the world in different seasons of life, different stages of life, different careers and callings and ambitions and desires and dreams. But It works. And, and I think that is probably much more realistic for the average person. So don't put all this pressure on finding your tribe. If you do, go for it. Run with it. But it's the 1% who, who really lock into that prototypical version of a tribe or a community. For the most part, we are asking, what is the season? How do I serve it best? And ensuring that we play with a long game in mind. And when you do that, your social life will be everything and more that you need it to be. And, uh, and so I'll wrap up there. And, and the reason I'm, I'm talking about this is because in your quest for freedom from pornography, for sexual well-being, you do need 
good, meaningful social connections. We actually taught, I, I dedicate probably two hours of content to my course talking about this aspect. Not talking about being in a recovery group, although that could be part of it, but just talking about having healthy friendships, good relationships in your life, excellent supports for the addiction recovery process. And it goes way further than trying to find your tribe. So look, you can join a community. I mean, we do communities here. I'm all for them. I think they're really, really helpful. But one of the things we even do within the community is we say, guys, you need to interact with each other for sure, but you also need to find your friends outside of this group. Uh, find the people who are going to mean the most to you, the people that you see the most potential with long term, and ask those people to be part of your recovery journey as well. And um, anyway, there's we'll, we'll, we talk about that in some other episodes. I'm not going to go there today, but um, but all to say is, as you uh, as you look for a better quality of life, you know when I really think about getting free of porn, it's ultimately making better decisions, having a better quality of life. If those are things you really want, don't stress too much about finding your tribe. Instead, find meaningful social connections in the places where you already have friends and you'll be amazed, absolutely amazed at what God does. Hey, thanks so much for listening today. I really appreciate it. And uh, I want to encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. I only really listen to the, uh, pardon me, I only really listen to the podcast that I subscribe to. So I encourage you, uh, if you want more content like this, subscribe. And uh, and it'd be great uh, to keep uh, serving you that way. Also, uh, reviews and ratings, just they do wonders for the podcast. So a big thanks to those of you who have done it. And, um, and I do ask that if you want to support us in one way, that would mean the world. Thank you so much for listening, guys. Have an amazing day, and we'll talk again very soon. Thea Sam, out. Thanks for listening to The New Man Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, you can share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review. To catch all the latest, please sign up for the weekly newsletter at www.sathiasam.com or follow on Instagram at Sam. Thanks again and see you next time.